This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We have a new series called Tis the Seasons, playing off of our, our, our theme for the month, which is Tis the Season. And I believe there are seasons in life, no matter who you are, no matter your age, your race, or what place you were born, you're going to go through different seasons of life. It's amazing walking in this room how I can talk to one person and they're in an exciting season. I can walk to someone else and they're in a disappointing season where they've suffered loss. Other people, they're going through a season of waiting or someone else a season of of promotion. And there's all these seasons in life. I believe as a church, this Bible prepares us for the life we are leading. This is not just an old book of history or poetry. It's not just a book of theology, though it is all those things. It's actually God preparing us for the life that we are living. We believe it's a manual for our life. And I believe God wants to prepare you no matter what season you're in. Over the next four weeks, we're going to unpack different seasons that maybe you've gone through. Maybe you're in. If not, you'll definitely go through one of these seasons in your life. I've gone through all of them myself. And today I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 7. If not, you're going to see it on the screen behind me. But I would encourage you to bring your Bible to church, underline it, highlight it. Maybe it's on your phone or your iPad. But there's something about seeing the Word of God for you. You don't need a pastor to read the Word of God for you. The reason why we have the Word of God is for you to get into it. Some people said, that church didn't feed me. If you want to, if you want to rile up a skinny preacher, that's the way you say it right there. Last time I checked, you don't eat once a week. You need to eat daily. And so many people go to churches. That pastor, he, he was too funny. He was too serious. He was too short. He was too long. There was too much. Listen, I believe that you got to get into God's word for yourself. We come here to get charged up, refreshed, convicted, to go out again. But you need to eat on your own. If you only ate once a week, you would be anemic. And sometimes the reason why our faith is anemic is we only get fed once a week. So get your Bible. Open up. Read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we can help you get a Bible. But if you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, says it like this. It's a prophecy looking forward. It says this, it says, All right, then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We're going to jump over to Luke chapter 2. This is now 700 years later, Luke chapter 2. 700 years after that word was given, someone was given a word saying, hey, look for the virgin. Uh, She's going to conceive a child, and God will be with us. The Messiah is coming. 700 years later, we pick it up here. Jesus was just born to Mary. The Christmas story is unfolding in Joseph. We had angels and shepherds and lions and bears and tigers. Oh, my, and all this is going on. And now it's eight days later, and Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus to the temple to, to, to announce him and to have him dedicated. We pick it up here in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It's a man named Simeon. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to eagerly wait. Look at your other neighbor and say, I hate when preachers do that. <laughs> eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. And when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Lord Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign God, let your servant die in peace. I mean, no, that's a prayer I don't want to pray right now. Like some of you, that's how you start your prayer life. All right, I'm ready to go. I'm done. That was his prayer that day. I've been around long enough. 
I've been waiting. I'm good. I've seen the miracle. Let me die in peace. He said, I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what they were, what was being said about him, about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. This morning, as we start the series, Tis the Seasons, I want to talk on this topic today, the season of delay. Season of delay. If you're taking notes, write that down somewhere. The season of delay. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for the expectancy even on this month. It's more than gifts or even carols, but God, there is hope in every mall, in every, every corner of the city. As they sing carols, we hear your name and your story being lifted up. We love you. Every time we see a Christmas tree, I'm reminded of a tree that saved mankind. When you stretch your arms on the cross, God, we're reminded that you are woven through this season. Today, I'm asking God that you would help us. Some of us, this is a hard season. Some of us, this is a challenging season. I pray that we'd feel your presence and that we'd leave here. Holy Spirit, you would help us be more in love with Jesus, closer to Jesus, and more passionate about his plan. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said? Amen. I think one of the hardest things in life is waiting. Isn't that true? And I'm not getting any better at it the older I get. The older I get, the less uh, well I am at waiting. The, the, the faster life gets the worst I get at waiting. And times have changed so quickly. Remember movies? I remember movies, you waited for movies in the movie theater, and when they showed up, you had to wait in line to go see these movies, and they would sell out. There was only one movie theater in this area in Bedford, and there's one in Park Lane. I remember if you missed a movie in the theater, do you remember this? How many remember this? You had to wait a year for it to come to Blockbuster or Jumbo Video. Come on. You had to wait a year for that movie to show up. And when that movie showed up, you would go there, and everybody would go on the same day, and it would never be there. Do you remember this? Blockbuster, guys, was this, this Google extinct business, businesses. It's right beside Blue, uh, Blueberry, Blackberry. And, uh, but, I mean, you went to Blockbuster, and you go, you go to the video, and they're, oh, they're all out. And you go up to, the, up to the clerk and go, can you check the bin where people are returning them? And they, you remember this? We're going through the bin. No, no, come on. Any tango and cash? There's got to be tango and cash. Come on, there's got to be the Titanic movie in there somewhere. That movie always gave me a sinking feeling. I don't know about you, but it's just the tip of the iceberg, people. We can keep going. But, and then, aha, and then if it wasn't there, what did you do? You put your name on a waiting list. And then you'd call, like it's date night, right? Or like, hey, it's, I, I've been waiting for this movie for a year. Now, what happens? Now it comes out, and within two weeks, it's already on your TV. You can download it. Sometimes they're still in theater, and it's already available on your TV. You don't have to wait for anything. But still, I'm like, really? All right, so I can buy it for $26, but i got to wait another week before I rent it? And I get annoyed by having to wait two or three weeks for a movie I didn't see. It's amazing how times picks up, but my waiting is getting worse food. I remember growing up, I remember when the microwave came out. That's how old I is. But before that, remember ovens? Remember oven? Remember those? Do we have an oven? We have an oven, right? We have an oven. Remember, like, remember how long it took? My mom would spend all day baking bread. Remember slow cookers? You know why they're called slow cookers? Because they're slow. 
Now we have fast food, and I'm so impatient. If I'm, I eat a lot of my meals through drive-through windows. Some of you can tell, but I remember if I'm wait, if that if that drive-through takes more than four minutes, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Some, I tell my family, someone needs to get in there and get them efficient. There needs to be a better lineup, a better system. I'm sending a letter, an email to the manager. I may be direct. I'm messaging on Twitter, sending a mean tweet because I am annoyed that it took four minutes to get my high-protein burger and fries. <laughs> I think waiting is so difficult. There are many times you'll find yourself in a season of waiting, a season of delay. I don't care what age you are, you're going to find, if, you're not, if you haven't experienced this, you will. But odds are most people in this room, you've experienced a season where it feels like you're just waiting. It's a season of delay. Malachi ends the Old Testament of the Bible. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And the distance between that and the New Testament in Matthew is 400 years. It's amazing that in this Bible we have all God speaking and using people, but then there's this period where God goes quiet. You don't hear about heroes, you don't hear about victories or battles or God speaking or God using people, and the world went quiet for 400 years. That is the context that we read today in Luke of this man named Simeon. He's been waiting, it seems like God's plan is delayed. It seems like this, this, this plan of a rescue mission of sending the Messiah, the Messiah was to lead the greatest prison break of all time. And it wasn't Renews or Dorchester. It was to break us from the prison of sin and shame and pain and the very, the very strongholds of hell that Jesus was going to rescue and kick in the doors of hell and rescue people to himself. He was waiting for the Messiah. And for 400 years, there was no prophecy. There was no men, no prophets, no men of God, women of God rising up to do great exploits. It seemed like heaven went quiet. A season of delay. I'm reminded today that delay does not mean denied. Some of you are in a delayed season. You need to know today that, 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 that delay does not mean denied. Just because it's quiet doesn't mean it's not coming. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's on its way. Because it's delayed does not mean it's denied. Some of you feel like God's put a desire in your heart. God's spoken to you. You feel like your life is supposed to go a certain direction or have a certain uh, purpose or something's about, supposed to happen. You feel like there's something greater on your life. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean God's not working. Some of you need to be encouraged today. I don't have time today to tell you my story, but I spent so much of my life in a season of delay, but I'm reminded delay does not mean denied. God is more oven than microwave. He is. If you know God, God, God will speak to you and then just let it cook for a while. Just let it simmer for a while. Just let it, just, just let it broil for a while. Just let, just let it marinate for a while. Why? Because God is more oven than microwave. In a culture, we want it now. In an instant time when we can swipe cards and we can just download and we can just Google and we can just get in this instant society, I've learned God is more slow cooker than he is drive through That's who our God is. Are you in a waiting season? Are you in a, in a delayed season? Let me give you a couple things to encourage you today to help you survive and thrive in this season of delay that you're in. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's family. I don't know what it is for you, but let me give you a couple things to encourage you today. Number one, it's bigger than you. You've got to understand this today, church. If you're going to follow God, if you're going to be a part of what God's doing, it's bigger than you and me. It's bigger than us. Now, you got to understand the power in that phrase. It's bigger than, everything in the world says it's about us. My rights and my wants and my retirement and my past and my dream and my purpose. 
but it's bigger than you. Simeon had a revelation of history, but he also had a revelation of eternity. And when he had a revelation of history of what was done in this book where God spoke to men and women and used them and what he had promised with the Messiah that would prison break them, he had a revelation of history, but he also had a revelation of eternity, that there was more to come, that he was just a small part in a bigger story. You need to understand today, it's bigger than us. We're not the center of the story. That's hard to hear. So many times we wrestle with pride. Pride takes more people to hell than any other sin. We wrestle with this. We think we're the center of the story. Man has always put themselves at the center. And when you see yourself at the center of the story, you fail to see the bigger picture. Some of us, our parents' generation was the generation that worked hard and became workaholics. And my parents' generation was the generation that both parents started working normally full time. And they were chasing the, the corporate promotion and climbing the corporate ladder. And they, they worked two or three jobs and they were going and running and gunning. And they saw it as, hey, I deserve a promotion and I'm making a name for myself and I'm going to cl climb the corporate ladder and I'm going to get ahead because they saw themselves as the center of the story. I talk to so many people my age that have these wounds from parents that work too much, that were never around, that would try to buy their love or try to make it up with quality time, but they never had the quantity time. And we think that, that we see harmful and wounds based on them and their lifestyle. And because we think we're the center of the story, we think, well, that just affects me and I'm the way I am because my parents weren't around and I'm the way I am because my parents didn't love me and weren't, didn't put enough time in and they didn't play catch in the backyard or they weren't around cooking meals and because we put ourselves at the center of the story. And the cycle keeps continuing. When we put ourselves at the center of the story, it causes the cycle to repeat. It's important to know that we are a chapter, an important, vital chapter. But our goal is to set up the next chapter. We're not the book, people. We're just a chapter. It's an important chapter. It's a crucial chapter. But my job and, and our job is to set up the next chapter. I'm, I'm aware my greatest legacy won't be in something I build, but someone I raise. That my legacy and our legacy is setting up people, including my children, to live their chapter as well as possible. Because I have a revelation of history and I have a revelation of eternity that I'm just a chapter in this story. It's not about me. That's why history is called his story. It's about him. Jesus is the center of this thing. And when I realize I'm just a chapter, I'll learn from the ones before me, but I'll set up those coming after me. I'm going to do my part, but I'm just a chapter. When we put ourselves at the center, the worst case is pride. And the best case is we're short-sighted, and we miss the power of legacy. Some of you need to understand that your life is setting up the next generation, or it's setting back the next generation. The power of perspective. The second thing in this season of delay you need to know today is waiting. Waiting isn't stopping. Waiting isn't stopping. It's amazing to me that so many people, they say they're waiting and they just sit down and stop. You hear them say this, well, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that promotion. I'm waiting for that callback. I'm waiting for that relationship. I'm waiting for someone to swipe left or right. I'm waiting for someone to recognize my talents. I'm just waiting. And they just stop. Waiting is not stopping. I feel like Forrest Gump right now. Sometimes life is like a box of chocolates. Sometimes you need to wait for the chocolates. But waiting isn't stopping. My parents' generation, they would have had a theme song like Waiting on the Dock of the Bay. You know that song? Wasting time. And they just wait, just waiting. I remember hating that song growing up, going, what are you wasting time? It's the one currency that we all have equal amount, but you can't waste it. My generation would have sang something by John Mayer. Me and my friends are just waiting, waiting on the world to change. Just waiting. You know, we're so fed up with what's going on, we're just going to wait 
until the world changed. So many people think waiting is stopping. Waiting's not stopping. We think waiting is stopping, and I hear people say, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. I'm thinking, you haven't even sent out a rowboat. And they just stop, and they just wait. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting, and they don't do anything. Just wait. It's interesting. Simeon wasn't waiting by stopping. It says Simeon was in the temple. Why? Because God spoke to him. He said, no, 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 I'm going to be in the temple because I'm waiting for God's promise. I'm going to eagerly, the Bible says he was eagerly waiting. Notice it doesn't say he was passively waiting. I know some of us complain about the younger generation going, I'm just waiting for a promotion, just waiting for a job. I emailed like six people last month. I think they're going to knock on my door. I'm just waiting for my inbox to fill up. Like, I know I'm so valuable. I'm just waiting for a laptop and a, and a, and a car allowance and maybe a bonus and a corner office. I'm only going to, I'm waiting for that. And we wait. Waiting isn't stopping. So many people stop. You know what else waiting isn't? Waiting isn't manipulating. So many people don't like the chair they're given, so they try to make it happen on their own. How many just got nervous when the preacher walked down with the microphone? <laughs> What's amazing is, how are you? Fine. What's your name? Lucia. I can't even say that. Awesome. <laughs> Lu- say it again. Lucia. Lucia. Amazing. I will butcher. That's a beautiful name, and I don't do it justice. You know what's amazing is we don't like the seat that we're given where we're waiting. So we start to manipulate. We're looking around going, I wish I could sit up front. I wish I was closer to the promotion. I wish I was closer to where my talent could be seen. And we start trying to manipulate. Looking around. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Come here for a second. I got to talk to you for a second. Come here. Come on. No, come here just for a second. Come here just for a second. Sucker, I got your seat now. Oh, I sat next to a hugger. This was awkward. Oh, good. And we start to try to con people and try to make it happen on ourselves. Lee Holmes, I see you up there. You're in, oh, I wish I had Lee's seat right there. Sitting there with the good people, the, the cool people. I'd be much closer. If I was closer to the front, I'm closer to where people can see my talents and my gifting. Maybe I get a chance to be on stage. Lee, do you know what Lisa was saying about you earlier? <laughs> she was, I tell you, she's not pleased with you. I don't know what you forgot to do this week, but your wife just was telling me, like, you, you're, not, you're just not doing well. She, that she wants you both to come for counseling. <laughs> Lee, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but I, she doesn't appreciate you. <laughs> Lee, come back here and sit with me for a second. No, come back here, Lee. Sit with me for a second. Come on. Come on back here. I don't know if you know this. I have to talk to you, but sit down. I don't know if you were meant to marry her. I don't know if she sees your talent. I don't know if she sees really what you bring to the table. Like you work, you're a firefighter. You put your life on the line. I don't know if you real, she realizes like that's a dangerous job. Now I know you nap all the time at work and <laughs> you, get, you get the ride in the trucks and that's fun. But I don't know if like really, like who else risks their lives and she's complaining because you didn't get the Christmas lights up yet. <laughs> I feel like that was a prophetic word that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> So you just, you know, just think about that. Maybe the Lord wants to speak to you. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Excuse me. Oh, this is a good... Will you save this for somebody? You were? You were? Uh, but they're not going to make it. We actually closed the doors. There's no more room here for them. We don't actually want any new people. So, so um, I know you were saving a seat for someone, but um, we've closed the doors. We're not making any room. So I'm, I'm, oh, Jocelyn? Jessica? Which one are you? <laughs> which one are you? Jessica. I think I'm called to that seat. 
Are you Jessica? Do you know what Mercy was saying about you earlier? She was, I'll tell you, she's really hard to get along with. I wouldn't sit next to her. I find that when I'm around her, you know, she doesn't see me for my giftings, and I don't think she appreciates you. In fact, every time I'm around her, your name comes up. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys even hang out that much, but she seems to have a real problem with you. She's smiling to you right now. And she's got that smile. Look, I, I think she's blushing, but, but she's, she's literally, she talks about you all the time. It's not good. She says that, uh, you know, you're selfish. She says a lot of things about you. I don't know, Jessica, if you understand. You should come over here with me. Come over here, Jessica. I don't know if you've met Matt and Nancy. Come here. Come over here. This is a much better crowd to sit with. They're not as good looking. Well, Matt isn't, but, 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 but just, hey, I got my seat. I'm closer to the front. You know what's, what, what waiting isn't? It isn't manipulation. We manipulate, and then we call it God's favor. Look where I am. Look what I got ahead. And we, we connive people, and we turn people on each other, and we're like trying to get ahead in a dog-eat-dog world, climb that corporate ladder, and we're backbiting and maneuvering and manipulating and trying to get people to, I don't know. I don't know if they really have that talent. I don't know if they're really the right fit for you. I don't know if you should take that position. I don't think he's really interested in you. I don't think she's interested in you. And we start wovering our way in, trying to get the seat that we want in a relationship, in a position, in a church setting, in a business setting, in a friend setting, and we start manipulating, and then we call it God's favor. Look at God's favor on my life. No, no, listen. If you can make it happen without God, it's not favor. It's manipulation. It's manipulation. Manipulation. See that? Agile. <laughs> Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you and inherit the land. And you will look on when the wicked are cut off. Don't miss that. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. Listen, we don't want to talk bad about others to get what you think is best. What is waiting? Waiting isn't stopping, waiting isn't manipulating. Waiting is working. Waiting's working. Habakkuk 2.3, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Simeon wasn't home. Waiting, he was preparing himself. He was making sure he was in the right place at the right time. I love this toolbox. I don't know if I've even looked in this toolbox. <laughs> this is how we fix everything at Nova Church. If you don't believe me, we got it in white too. We got pink. We got orange. That's the only thing in this toolbox. Nope, and Red Bull. Just found that. I didn't know how long has that been in there for. Listen, Jesus gives you hope, but Red Bull gives you wings. Waiting is more like a toolbox. You're waiting for God to move, but at the same time, what you're doing is you're preparing yourself. You're making sure you're in the right time at the right place. You're making sure that you're doing what you need to do. You're working on yourself. You're creating uh, your character. You're making sure you're eagerly ready that when God calls you, everything that needs to be tightened up is tightened up. Everything that needs to be shored up is shored up. Everything that needs to be uh, loose and ready to go is going. Everything that needs to be tightened is tightened. And we start working on ourselves. Waiting is not stopping or manipulating. Waiting is working. Waiting is working. 
Overnight success can take years. When Jesus was born, Herod was shocked by the suddenness of it. He was shocked by the suddenness. Who is this king? What's going on? He was shocked. But he had been building since the garden. The overnight success took generations. God was working while the world was waiting. He was working on Mary. He was working on the wise men. He was working on Simeon. He was working on countries. He was working on nations. He was working on Joseph. I had this moment this summer when the Raptors won the championship in the parade. Anybody, anybody watch that on TV, see the highlights? We got a couple pictures here. This was a moment for me. As they filled Nathan Phillips Square and they were going down, I had friends in the crowd, in the, on the streets, in the square, and they were tweeting and Instagramming. It was amazing. And what was amazing is there's another picture here, I think, of this amazing crowd as we forget about him. He's dead to us. He left. He went somewhere else. But <laughs> Kwame River, you know, and he's gone. But in this middle of this crowd, as the Raptors championship team, first ever, pulled into Nathan Phillips Square, there was a song that they played. I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, all the Raptors and some of the biggest music people of the world are on this stage. Millions of people in the city and millions on TV watching. This is the song that played on the free. I'm just a high school dropout. Do you know this song? It's funny how it turned around. Just a burnout. Tell me millions of people heard this song. That song's called High School Dropout. Anybody relate to that song? You know what's amazing to me is that song was written by one of our church members. He's here. Corey is here. Corey writes and produces and runs a band called Neon Dreams. What's amazing to me is people saw an overnight success and said, Man, how cool is that? Your song was played in front of millions of people. At the Raptors and Drake and all these people were dancing to your song. How cool is that? And they saw, what man, what an overnight success. But see, here's one thing Corey realized is waiting isn't stopping. Waiting isn't manipulating. Waiting is working. When no one else saw Corey was writing songs that no one's ever going to hear. Why? Because they were horrible. <laughs> Corey, in his waiting season, was trying to save up money to buy gear that he needed to record at a higher level. Corey was having meetings that went nowhere for years. Corey was delivering donuts for coffee shops and plowing driveways with landscapers. Corey was doing what he had to do. Why? Because waiting isn't stopping. Waiting isn't manipulating. Waiting is working. And now this overnight success took decade, took a decade to create because he understood the power of waiting season, a, a delayed season. Well, why? That song was good. Why didn't that song take off? Why didn't, I thought this one would do well. I thought this, finally, this producer and this label and this artist, I thought maybe this would be my, but it just doesn't come to pass. And instead of manipulating or stopping, Corey goes, I'm just going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep working on things. I'm going to try to keep making sure I'm ready. I'm going to keep creating, just keeping my head up, waiting for an opportunity. I'll be ready when it comes. Why? Because waiting is working. Here's what's amazing is I want to talk about another moment over a year ago. In the springtime of 2018, Corey and Chelsea walked into church for the first time. And they walked in and had a moment with God. And they walked in and said, man, this was an overnight success, this moment right now. And God provided a moment for them. Corey says, I felt like you were preaching right to me. Chelsea, the, the beautiful couple, they just felt God's presence and the love of the community. And like this, we've never had anything like this. Uh, Chelsea begged Corey to come, but then Corey wouldn't stop talking about it. And he drug her back week after week. And they had this moment. But how many know that moment took decades? They walked in, but the waiting was in the working. I could tell you stories about Brad, our director of production. Decades, years ago, offered a job in Chicago, flew down to a church down there, thought maybe his life would take another turn. 
Maybe he thought he'd be a part of something, and in that middle of that disappointment, he just didn't go, well, that's it, I'm done. I feel like I'm called to help create environments for, 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 for church. I feel like I'm good at it. Oh, well, I guess I'm just going to stop and wait for someone to call me. He also didn't manipulate going, I'm going to try to work my, weasel my way into, uh, into the top thing and try to be a part of something that's thriving. He just waited and served, prepared his craft and raised his family and did what he could. And it came in part when the first people to buy in go, I want in, I want to help plant this church, I want to make it awesome. I'll never forget the first interest social at this hotel. Brad shows up with pipe and drape and lights. His two-year-old was pushing carts. I'm like, what are they doing? His kids are like little minions setting up things. They all know what they're doing. Xander couldn't even talk, but he knew what a Phillips screwdriver was. I don't even know what it is. Why? Because waiting is working. What about Nancy? Nancy didn't come to Christ until her late teens, early 20s disappointment, and all of a sudden she felt God's pleasure in her life. If you had told her 24 years ago that she'd be a pastor at a church, not a clue, but she knew God wanted to use her. She knew there's a plan on her life, but she just didn't stop or manipulate. She wasn't like, hey, I want to marry that guy, or I want to go to that province. She just, I'm going to be faithful, raising her siblings, and working hard, and working multiple jobs, and just helping where she was, and God said, no, no, I see you waiting eagerly. And because of that, Nancy is a part of the team that built this church that Corey and Chelsea walked in. I could tell you stories about Andrea. Andrea getting saved in her teenage years, walking in. She'll tell the story, suicidal and depressed, but God got a hold of her life. And since then, she goes, listen, I'm a part of something bigger. I want to make happen for others what God did for me. I'm going to start building and working. And as I wait for direction on my life, I wait for these things that God's promised me. I'm just going to keep working and waiting. A big part of the creative team that creates environments that when Corey and Chelsea walked in, go, man, I feel like this church is speaking my language. I could tell you about Phil. One of our board members who plays bass some Sundays, he's in Tampa this week. He's an engineer by trade. He helps get the power from different parts of the country and work with Amira and the Power Corporation. A brilliant man. But he spent his life not only building power grids, but building people. Running small groups and young adult services all over the country and learning how to build his family and raise his daughters and learned how to love people and treat people and was working and waiting and eagerly preparing himself that he could walk in here and Phil and Doretta do our pre-marriage counseling. They do our post-marriage counseling. They love on people. They meet with more people than me and Nancy ever will. Why? Because they understood that they're creating moments. And these people together created a moment for a couple to walk in and said, this was a moment, but that moment took decades to build. Waiting isn't stopping. Waiting isn't manipulating. Waiting is working. God prepared over decades people enjoy in a moment. God creates miracle moments that can take a lifetime. Listen, are you waiting today? Understand, God is still working. God's still working. You can keep waiting because God is still working. Listen, don't doubt in the dark what God says in the light. So many times we hear God speak to us. Maybe it's your 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s. God speaks to you. And then after a while, it goes dark. You don't hear from God. Listen, God spoke in Isaiah and said, I'm sending someone to rescue. I'm sending a helper. It's going to be a prison break, freeing people from their sin. And listen, when it went dark for 400 years, don't doubt in the dark what you heard in the light. Some of you, God called you. Maybe it's a relationship or, or a certain career. Maybe it's, it's in full-time ministry. Maybe it's a family. If God spoke to you, hang on to when it gets dark. Hang on to what you heard in the light. The enemy wants to delay you and distract you so in hopes of denying you. But listen, just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. And hold that word in your heart. It said Mary hid these things in her heart even through the desert season, even through the, 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 the crucifixion season. Mary hid these things in her heart. Why? Because she knew. Don't doubt in the dark what you heard in the light. Has God spoken to you? Hang on to that promise. And you're not stopping, you're not manipulating, you're just preparing yourself. Go, no, I'll be ready. 
I'll be ready. I'll have my skill set. I'll make sure I know what I'm doing. I'll make sure I'm practiced up and stored up and prayed up. I'll make sure I have the right attitude and the right people. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to make sure some things that are getting rusty because I'm not using them. I don't need a promotion. I don't need a position. And I don't need a stage. I'm going to work on my talents when no one sees me. I'm going to make sure I'm lubricated. I'm going to make sure that I'm ready to go, that I'm going to be in a moment's notice. I don't need a warm-up. I, uh, I don't need a pep talk or a, or a build-up. I'm ready to go. Why? Because I have not been stopping and I've been not been manipulating. I've been working. If you're in a season of delay, understand that God is moving. Be ready. Preparation time is not wasted time. Some of you, you feel like God's called you to be, to be married. Get ready now. Can I be real practical? Get out of debt now. Build communication skills now because you're going to need them. And every married person said, amen. Live pure now. Learn to forgive now. Learn to give now. You want to practice being married? Take the garbage out. Go to Costco on a Saturday for no reason. <laughs> Prepare yourself now. Some of you, it's your career, maybe a promotion. Listen, they say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Can I encourage you? Live the life you want, not the life you have. Have the character of the life you're going to have. Listen, act your character for the job you want, not the job you have. Don't criticize the boss now if you hope to be his partner tomorrow. Don't lose respect of the coworkers today that you plan on leading tomorrow. Some of you are manipulating, and those very, if you're called to lead, the very people that you're manipulating, you have to lead tomorrow, and you're going to have a hard time. Why? Because you live now. Prepare yourself for the job you're called to have, not the one you do have. If you work at Subway, be the best sandwich artist you can be. If you're, cut, if you're stuck in a cubicle, let it be the best cubicle. Let you be the best atmosphere. Be the most sunshine. When you walk in, sunshine walks in. Why? Because you live now for what God's called you to be. I always heard, never hire some hire somebody that's doing the job now before they ever have the position. We were leading churches before we ever had a church. With this, I'm going to close and we're going to pray. Heard the story years ago about this young man who was in the Second World War. He was shot down over France from England. They took him back by, by boat to England and he sat in a hospital of recovery. He had some burns on his body and he had some injuries, but nothing that wouldn't heal over time. And one of, the, one of the things they did for injured soldiers is they gave them pen pals to write letters to to keep their hopes up, to keep their, their spirits up. He was coincidentally matched with this, 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 this young lady from Northern England and they started writing each other letters. Letters were these things we used to send in the mail. And after a couple letters, he quickly realized there was more than just a pen pal. There was actually a connection with this young lady. She would write him laying in his hospital bed, and he'd write her back, and he'd ask about her, her life and her career. He'd ask about her favorites and her hobbies, and she'd ask about what he liked before the war and what, his, how, what he was passionate about. And they got to know each other through letters for months and months and months. Finally, as he was getting ready to leave the hospital, he was well enough, and the war was over. They determined they were going to meet at Liverpool Station in England. The day came and he got himself to the, to the subway station, to the train station, and she was gonna be coming in on the 515 train. They had talked about marriage, they had talked about the future, his heart was excited and they said, how are we gonna know each other? They had never seen pictures of each other, so they said, we'll both wear a red rose. Let's do that, we'll both wear a red rose and we'll know each other. As he waited at the train station, the 515 came up and people started getting off the train and he kept looking for the rose. 
the steam from the locomotive and the rain from the English air and he's waiting, his heart beating, going, this could be his forever. This is something he's been waiting for. The anticipation's building and one after one, people got off and got off and then all of a sudden this beautiful young lady gets off the train. Stunning in her outfit and smile and she gets off the train and she has a no red rose on her coat. He's like, it has to be her. And he realized in all their letters, he had never asked her what she looked like or how old she was. In his, in his moment, he realized, we've never asked what you look like or what your age were. And he said, it has to be her. She carries herself like someone, like, like, like it has to match the personality. But there was no red rose. She walks by him and she smiles at him and she gets closer. She goes, hey, I need a lift. Are you going my way? He thought for a moment, looked at the train and looked back at her and thought, man, this is, this is something I, I should be waiting for. But something in his heart knew that he had committed himself to something bigger. And he said, I'm sorry. The taxes are over there, but I can't help you. And she said, my loss. And she walked off. He waited for a while. And then finally, the conductor comes off. And this elderly woman walks off the train. And he helps her down step by step by step. He has this moment, he looks, and sure enough, on her coat is this red rose. She had to be older by about 30 or 40 years, and at that moment, he thought, oh no, what have I done? This is not what I expected. This is not the way it was supposed to go. But then he started realizing, I didn't fall in love with the face. I fell in love with the heart. He started thinking back to the letters when no one else remembered him in the hospital. No one else called for him or wrote to him when no one else seemed to care. The letters that would come week after week asking about his injuries, asking about his heart, asking about his dreams. And he said, I made a commitment to wait for her and I'm gonna wait for her. He walks over to the conductor. He said, I got her from there. He said, it's very nice to meet you. They start walking down the, the ramp of the train station. Finally, she says, young man, thank you. But a young woman ahead of me gave me this rose and put it on my jacket. And she said, if you waited for me to tell you, she'd be waiting for you at the taxi stand. My friends, I want to remind you that sometimes we're so hurrying up trying to get what we think we deserve, we miss what God has planned for us. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those that love him. I'm so thankful I waited for you. I'm so thankful you waited for me. I'm so thankful I waited. We waited to start this church, not in my 30s. It wasn't even in my heart. I didn't know what God had planned. But we have you in our lives. I'm so thankful for my kids. I'm so thankful for the friendships. Listen, God, I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. But I can tell you one thing I did is I realized that waiting wasn't stopping. Waiting wasn't manipulating. Waiting was working. I don't even know what this does. <laughs> I'm good to drive home. <laughs> Living sober, living wide awake, ready for a moment. All over this place, can we stand to our feet today? Are you in a waiting season? Maybe it's for a relationship. You can take it in your own hands and go, well, that person's close enough. That's not what God promised me. A man or woman of those values and that character and that spirit, but close enough. The profile says spiritual. They seem to talk good about their mom. That's good enough. Maybe it's that job going, no, no, I'm going to make it happen. I know that person's next in line seniority, but if I talk bad enough, if I try to 
sow some doubt in the boss's mind. Maybe they'll skip over them and get to me. Maybe there's something else God's put in your heart. You feel like you're in a season of delay. Listen, though it tarries, though it waits, wait eagerly for it, patiently, because it will come to pass. If God said it, he'll do it. If he's not done working, you're not done waiting. All over this place, with every eye closed, let me pray for you today. If you can close your eyes for a moment, you say, Mike, there's a part of my life where I'm waiting for something with every head bowed just for privacy. Say, Mike, you're speaking to me today. I'm in a season of delay. Would you raise your hand all over this place where you know who I'm talking to today? So many people. Put your hand right back down. You gotta know you're not the center of the story, but you're in the center of his eye. He sees you and he's working behind the scene. He's doing more than you know he is. And moments take lifetimes. It might be a song and a parade that took lifetimes. In a moment, it might be walking into a church, it might be a relationship or a promotion, but God is working behind the scenes. If you're eagerly waiting, he will be honorable and he'll be faithful to you, amen? I wanna pray. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you've done. God, we're, some of us are in a season of delay right now and our heart is giving up hope. You say that if we don't lose hope, if we don't grow weary of well-doing, do we'll reap in season. I pray a harvest is coming. I pray right now for strength over those that feel they're called to start a family. I speak health and I speak strength. For those that feel like they're not in their calling or their career, I speak hope and I speak strength. I speak for those that have a certain relationship they feel is in their future. God, I pray you would give them courage and patience and may they see your goodness in the middle of the waiting. God, I pray we would not miss this season. We would not miss your best. Father, I bless them with your presence. And what you said in the light, may we not doubt in the dark. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said, I've gone over time today. I'm going to dismiss. A couple things you need to know. Next Steps Class 3 is happening. The coffee is flowing. And our Christmas experience, you can sign up online right now or at the Welcome Wall. We love you so much. And we'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless and have a great week.